Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I'm joined today by Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. Hello, SBS. How are you? I am good. How about you? I am good. I It's been kind of a weird week. I got to say, there was a lot of like unexpected events, right? With <laughs> Notre Dame and then um, the Boston Marathon. That wasn't unexpected, but that, you know, was an emotional ride as we're going to hear a lot today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this morning, all the Denver schools were canceled in the Why? area. Have you not seen that news? No. Um, I mean, you know, I, don't, I know we don't oh, oh, talk about 20th. politics and stuff, but there was an oh, the- 18-year-old girl that flew to Florida, flew here yes. from Florida, mm-hmm. got off the plane, bought a gun, and she's mm-hmm. obsessed by Columbine, and the whole situation is just really surreal yeah. and sad. Yeah. So, oh. and is is today the twentieth anniversary? I did. Now that you say it, I did see part of that in the New York Times yesterday, but I didn't get the update that um, schools had been canceled. I'm sorry. Well, it's, I mean, it wasn't going to be canceled except for this unexpected situation with this um, girl. So, um, mm. yes, uh, it is this week. The twentieth anniversary of Columbine is this week. So, mm-hmm. um, it's mm-hmm. definitely casting a spotlight on it. Which you know, again, like we don't need to get into anything it's just that it's been a weird a weird time <laughs> a weird week yeah 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 for somebody who so, likes routine there hasn't been a lot of routine oh my goodness yes yes so you are in your boat and it's bobbing up and down and um it's not not the usual lane that it's in <laughs> it's, it's not the, it's not the normal you know smooth waters i always sail right yes yes so um so i was thinking about um intro chit chat topics and i was thinking that you and i are both doing some writing is, you know, kind of hearkening back to our writing roots. Aren't you taking a writing course since you mentioned that casually the other day? Oh, gosh. Are you really trying to like throw me into a, uh, <laughs> do a tailspin before we start? As if the AMR answers on yesterday wasn't enough. Um, when I was waiting to get Grant's finishing time, that's what happened on AMR answers. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there is a it's in June. It's a called Lit Fest, and it's um, put on by a, the Lighthouse Writers, um, I guess, workshop. I don't know exactly what they are, the Lighthouse Writehouse Studio. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they bring in all these really, really great writers and have all these great workshops. And I applied to the advanced level workshop, and I got waitlisted. Oh, so, okay. um, I mean, that's good. It's, it's nice to not be completely rejected. Um, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we'll see if I get into one of the advanced workshops. If I don't, I will just take some of the regular ones, which honestly is probably where I should be anyway, considering that I have not, you know, sat down and written 12,000 to 1200 to 2000 to, you know, any kind of essay or anything in a long time. <laughs> so kind of meeting myself where I'm at. So that's, I mean, it's fine. Um, and, uh, but it's, a, you know, it's a little disappointing. And where is it? It's in Denver. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. But so it's yeah. not like it's some cute cottage. It's not like, um, oh, what's the um, place in Boulder with the interesting word name? Not, oh, come on with the long Native American yeah, I know name. what it is. You'll have to give me a minute and I will think it, of it. It begins with a C. Oh, Chautauqua. 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 There we yes. go. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. So it's not cute cottages like that or anything? No, it's just a it's just a day workshop. I mean, it's in a nice it's in this old house. It's a nice oh, studio okay. space. But um, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So that's that's my writing. What are you, what's your writing? What's, I hope you have a better tale to tell because that wasn't <laughs> very uplifting. <laughs> I am uh, I. So I've mentioned before on the podcast that my 
favorite, favorite event of the entire year is the home tour, the historic home tour in our neighborhood. And when you go on the tour, you get a brochure that has short essays about each of the houses that you're going to be touring through. Uh-huh. And so, and Jack's, uh, that's, it's called the Irvington Home Tour. And uh, Jack's been on the board for quite a while of it. And he came home one day and said, oh, we're looking for a new writer for the brochure. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, yes, I do. Um, Because it means I get to go and tour the homes ahead of time and sit down with the homeowners and ask them all sorts of questions and peer in closets and, you know, at stained glass windows and everything. So, um, so, you know, I really um, am appreciating that combines my, you know, one of my other loves, uh, architecture or, you know, being a looky loo in houses is that an official? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, so, um, so, so over the weekend, I went to th- these are houses that people still live in. Oh yes, most certainly. Oh yes, these are residences. Yes. Okay. Um, and so uh, I went to three of them over the weekend, and oh, it's just so much fun to sit down with a went um, really nice young couple who have three young kids, and ended up sitting with them for ninety minutes. So. Um, and oh my gosh, you know, these, a lot of these homes have been recently redone. I'm like, Oh, home envy, home envy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, so it's great, a lot of though. congratulations. That's, that's a fun project. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. It is fun. So, uh, so yeah, so there's, I guess, six houses total. And it was funny. They didn't realize that there were six of them. They thought there were only five, but one guy he's showing his own home, but then also this house that he, uh, your question of do they all li- are they all lived in this guy doesn't live in one of the houses but um but so he's doing it so i was able to be like no 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 he's showing his own house too and his own house is three different properties all on the same triple lot and um it's one of those houses that you know when you run by it's like oh man i'd love to see inside of that and so now i'm like molly i get to go in there and interview the guy who did it she's like so. um and do you need a running partner to come in <laughs> do you need Can an we assistant do it after a run? <laughs> so um yeah so that's that's a lot of fun and i've been kind of trying to branch out and have a few more hobbies so um I'm counting this as a hobby. That's definitely a hobby. That's great. Very cool. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, well, as you alluded to, today's episode focuses once again on the Boston Marathon. We're talking to three people who ran Monday's historic race. All, I realized as I was writing the notes that they're all first timers. Oh, good. To- That's good perspective. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So two are mother runners, including Kristen Jeanette, who took over the mother runner Instagram account over race weekend. And the she other one. A, okay. Well, one second. She did a bang up job. So I just yeah. let, let, she, let everybody know it's fun to follow a journey that you don't have to be on. I it, was, it was funny though. Someone, I was at an event last night for school and this mother runner who's a marathoner comes running up to me and she goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're here and you just ran Boston. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, why did you think I ran Boston? She goes, well, that picture of your feet. I'm like, those aren't my feet. Those are the <laughs> women who took over the Instagram account. She was going to say, and she said, because I mean, if you did, you look fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. So we got those two mother runners. And then the other one is there with you, Dimity. It is your lovely husband, Grant Davis. So it's going to be a series of great conversations. Stay with us. Our first guest is Kristen Jeanette, a college professor and mother of three. Kristen lives just outside the Twin Cities. Uh, Kristen ran Boston with a charity bib despite running a Boston qualifying time. We'll let her go into that story. Kristen's a bammer bastard for another mother runner, and Kristen had tried several times to qualify, so her goal in Boston was just to really soak up the experience. Thanks for joining us, Kristen, and congratulations on running Boston. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay. So, um, so your kids' ages and your um, what what um, do you teach at the college? So I'm a biology professor. Um, I teach general biology and ecology and environmental science. And I actually had to cancel classes this morning, but that's, <gasps> I think we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But um, so my kids, I have a 17 year old daughter named Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. My son, AJ is almost 14. And um, my youngest, Hannah is 10. Okay. And does Sarah have an H on her name? That's the most important question of the whole podcast. <laughs> of course she does. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Kristen, tell us your running background, but stop short of your Boston qualifying attempts. All right. So I came to running kind of a little bit later in life. I mean, I was always active in high school. I tried running track, but the distance um, events for me when I was in high school was like the 800 because that was really far. I mean, the 400 (laughs) was really all the farther I wanted to push myself. And I really wish I could go back to my track coach now and just say, hey, look at me now. Um, (laughs) But um, then through college, I remember running one exceptionally painful 5K during homecoming. There might have been some homecoming festivities the night before that mm-hmm. might not have been mm-hmm. proper fueling for a 5k. <laughs> and then, um, and then I really didn't run at all. And I had a couple kids. Um, my parents actually were um, really sick and they were dealt some pretty horrible cards in their retirement. And my mom passed away almost 12 years ago and she took horrible care of herself. She had diabetes. She had, um, she died of kidney failure. She had MS. She couldn't, I mean, Mm. the the woman never walked to the mailbox, much less ever Mm. exercised. And after she passed away, honestly, I was, I was angry at her for not taking better care of herself. And I knew I didn't have great habits. I was about 30 pounds overweight. And in the year after my mom passed away between me and my sister, we lost about 70 pounds. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it was kind of them, but I couldn't run at that time. I had, I had bad knees. I had patellofemoral syndrome. I was just, everything jiggled, everything hurt. I had no, no cardiovascular capacity whatsoever. So I biked and I swam and I bought an elliptical machine. And then when my youngest was born, um, I decided actually my niece, um, who was half my age at the time, challenged me to do a race with her. And she could talk me into anything because she pretty much has me wrapped around her little finger. And so I said, sure, let's sign up for a race. Well, it turns out it was a sprint triathlon. So my very first race was a try. I mean, you'd think we could start with a 5K. Um, yeah, yeah. But that was on my youngest daughter's six-month birthday. So we did... Um, just a small hometown triathlon. It was horrible. And I hated the running for it. And I can actually vividly remember coming in the kitchen after like maybe a three mile run, gasping for air and telling my husband, I would never, ever run farther than that. (laughs) (laughs) And then so I survived. And then the next year, same niece, um, who can talk me into anything, um, said, let's do another race. And I thought, okay, what could be worse than a, than a sprint triathlon? So we did a half marathon, <laughs> which was also horrible. Um, and I ended up injured, but I ran it 
anyway, and it was in pouring sideways rain and, um, and it was awful. But at the same time, then the next year rolled around and she said, well, let's do another race. And I thought, okay, I've survived these two so far. And then it turned out that we trained for our first marathon together. And that was the 2011 Twin Cities Marathon. So that was my first one. And it was, those were totally gateway drugs because now, (laughs) (laughs) now I've done 10 marathons and an ultra and a few more tries. So. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Well, so tell us about your Boston qualifying attempts and, and the times that you, that you did qualify. So talk yeah. about Yeah. So um, as is probably the story of a, of a lot of us, the Boston Marathon bombing really, really shook me to the core. And I can remember vividly um, sitting in my office right where I am right now, actually, and just being stunned and glued to um, the live stream that afternoon. And I just, I just felt so connected to it and just so appalled and so shocked and so stunned and and I knew I had to get there. So I, it was at that time, just a totally out of range goal. I mean, at my first marathon was a 421. My qualifying time at that time was 345. And so I was talking about shaving just so much time off of it. And so, um, so I knew I had a lot of work to do. And the spring of 2014 was the first qualifying attempt that I had. And so I had a coach and I trained for Grandma's Marathon, which is on the North Shore of Lake Superior from Two Harbors to Duluth. Fantastic race. Um, And the weather was great that day. It was kind of rainy and foggy, but it was fine. And I was on pace to just crush it until about mile 22. And then the wheels just totally fell off the bus. And Mm. I just had to like hang on to the bumper of the struggle bus to get to the <laughs> to get to the finish line. That's a good and way I, to describe it. <laughs> I wasn't even riding it. I was hanging on to the bumper. Um, Water and, skiing behind it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And I missed my goal by six minutes that time. And I was just crushed. It actually took me, it took me a long time to really be proud of what still actually is my marathon PR and what a great race that was because I Mm. felt so horrible at the end of it. And then, um, and I worked so hard and it's just, it is just such intense training. Um, so then I ran another marathon sort of for fun, um, which it was twin cities. And that one actually is my, my best one that I'm most proud of. It's not my fastest time, but it's in, in terms of execution, um, my favorite one. And then um, I tried again in 20, uh, let's see, 2014, 2016, because only even numbered years I run grandmas, apparently. <laughs> but I had unfinished business in the last four or five miles of grandma. So I tried again. And this time I was trained really, really well, despite the fact that I had torn my plantar fascia um, mm. of 12 weeks out from race day. So I actually spent three weeks in a boot um, doing a lot of pool running and things like that. But I hit the starting line at almost full capacity and I really was, I really felt really great about it. But that was the day that it was almost a hundred degrees with the heat index and um, it was just horrible. Black flag conditions. I'd never seen Lake Superior so calm. You can see the heat waving up from the, from the pavement and there was no shade um, along that course. And by mile 13 or 14, when the pace group that I was trying to stay ahead of passed me and my heart rate was over 180, I knew I had to adjust my goals. I was either going to die or finish. So I decided finishing was better. Mm -hmm. um, And Mm -hmm. I really missed my goal that time as well. 
And um, I thought I had it in me one more time to try in 2018. I also aged up into a new age group, which is magical. Sweet. Oh, yep. lovely. And, yes. um, and trained really hard again. Um, and I kind of had a combination of a coach here at home and also working with Coach Amanda and Train Like a Mother. Um, so I felt very coached and loved through this last one and um, worked really hard. And I, and I nailed my, my Boston qualifying time by about two minutes um, mm-hmm. and, and then just kind of sat on pins and needles until I could register and see if that was good enough. Oh, and heartbreakingly, it was not enough time. Oh, my goodness. You know, so yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so describe that, um, you know, and that that's how you ended up running on a charity bib and that you went, you, it was not like just saying like, hey, charity, here I am, you know, (laughs) it was, yeah, you had to go through several. Yeah, it was not like that at all. And um, so, so I was, I was crushed, but not totally it wasn't totally unexpected because I knew it's hard to get in and I knew that I was going to be right on the bubble and so the first charity I tried I've actually run on charity team several times Um, I've run on MS society charity team for grandmas and for twin cities several Mm. times okay I ran for the Alzheimer's Association once um, also and um, and so I contacted the MS Society first, thinking I've got history with them. I've got, and they said they make their decisions based on family connection to mm-hmm. MS, um, marathon history, and fundraising history. And um, I've always been successful fundraising. Um, you know, I've got I've got a connection and marathon experience in spades. And so I thought I was kind of a shoe in. Mm-hmm. I was a little overconfident. Um, and <laughs> Sounds like my LitFest application. I know they're not the same thing, but there you go. <laughs> right. And so then they got back to me and they said, you know, I'm sorry, we don't have a spot for you. And, and then so I, I didn't really realize how important it was to me and how much it meant to me until I pretty much ugly cried my way through that entire day. And, oh. and I thought... I thought that I thought that was it. And then it's like, no, 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 no. Um, so I allowed myself a little bit of a pity party. And then I started looking at other charities and tried to find some that I felt like I was really personally connected to. And I sent in applications to three other charity teams. Um, and then one of them contacted me and it was actually right so that weekend was also my birthday. They, so on my birthday, I got the crushing news that I could not run the Boston. Oh. <laughs> it, was, oh. it was great. And then the next day or maybe a day after, um, I got a phone call from um, Team BIDMC, which is the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Um, it's the medical center associated with the Harvard Medical School Teaching Hospital. Mm-hmm. And they have a fund for kidney disease research. And mm-hmm. so their um, program director contacted me, asked me a little bit about, a little bit more about my application, um, asked me if I had a fundraising plan, which of course I didn't at the time. <laughs> and she said, can you put one together and send it to me by tomorrow? And I'm oh, like, boy. Um, sure. So I made something up, um, that sounded, (laughs) that sounded remotely coherent and maybe possible and asked, um, just kind of put feelers out in the community to see what kind of support I could get and, um, sent in that the next day. And by that afternoon they called and they offered me a spot. Wow. Sweet. That's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that's quite a journey. So congratulations, because that's a marathon in and of itself. Um, oh, that whole you situation. Have, <laughs> you um, have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Well, in the ugly cry, I mean that, you know, and I, I hope I didn't make light of your situation because no. I ugly cry after I got waitlisted. But it's, it, is, it is interesting to figure out how much something means to you when you don't get it, right? Yeah. Your reaction to it. And you're like, oh, wow, that's, in, that's interesting. Okay, so this does actually hold a much bigger spot for me than I anticipated. Well, yeah, and, I, and I think the other thing is, is my husband, who is fantastic, but he sort of, he's gone from just kind of, um, you know, a, an outsider's curiosity as I trained for my first marathon to then as he realized this was not going to go away, then he kind of <laughs> resents the fact that I keep signing up for these and training for these. And then now it's kind of gone to tolerance. But then after this whole ordeal, when he knew how hard I had worked and he saw clearly, I mean, everybody saw how how, how upset I was. He was super supportive. And he's like, you can do this. You can find a way you can try again. You can try another charity. And he's like, you will do this. And so it was, it was unexpected support from him. And that felt really good. 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 Yeah. yeah. That's a nice silver lining. Okay. So you're in Boston, your husband yes. and your daughter went with you, right? Your yes. 17 year old. So yes. what did you, did you do anything outside of, you know, Anything having to do with the expo or, you know, um, taking your picture at the finish line or, you know, things like that prior to the race. Did you do any Boston activities? Yeah, we spent all day Saturday and Sunday just roaming around and trying to take in the sights and eat the good food and see the, you know, we walked the Freedom Trail. We went down to Boston Harbor. We went to a Red Sox game. Um, we put on more steps than we probably should have before I was running a marathon on, on Monday. Um, but we felt like we had two days. And my goal, I had two goals um, for that weekend. I wanted to, first of all, leave Boston with no regrets. And sure. second, leave without having to take a loan out to pay off my credit card bill. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two. That's perfect. I love it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, did you go to the Red Sox game on Sunday? Yes. Okay. Grant was there as well. So you guys can bond over that next time. You see <laughs> well, they, they actually won and the weather was great. So that was, that was a good choice. Good. <laughs> so, all right. So now take us to race day. You know, let's start with athletes village, um, which as uh, folks might know, it's a staging area out in Hopkinton at the start of the point to point race. And it looked like it was from your photos. It looked like it was raining pretty steadily while you were there. Like lots of big mud puddles and people wearing ponchos and oh my gosh race morning was hilarious because I mean if you name it we got it for weather so it was like the full Boston experience so yeah. when I when I woke up and left my hotel it was thundering lightning torrential <gasps> downpour sideways rain as we get on the shuttle to get to the T when I got downtown to get on the buses at Boston Common it was still pouring I mean everybody's in ponchos there's umbrellas there's shoes wrapped in plastic bags and mm -hmm. I mean it was they loaded us all up into buses and it turns out when you put a ton of runners on a school bus on a rainy morning and they all have like five layers on that are not breathable it does not <laughs> oh, God. Doesn't smell that fantastic <laughs> well it's like a terrarium too. it just makes me think of just like all like steamed up windows and uh, oh yeah totally. and yeah totally. and the roads were really wet and i swear our bus driver was trying to kill us on the way out there because we actually fishtailed at one point <sighs> on the slippery roads and i turned to the woman next to me i'm like did we just fishtail and she's like i think so I'm like, 
we were that close to being a national news story. You know, school bus rolls over on the way to Hopkinton with runners. We we did make it there safely. Um, But that Athletes Village thing is just insanity. So, yes, wet field, mud everywhere. It had actually stopped raining. Oh, okay. So, um, and I was in wave three. So I think it was probably raining for the faster people in wave one and wave two. But by the time the wave three people got there, it was still overcast, um, but not raining. So I could at least take the hood off of my poncho. Mm-hmm. And the first, first thing I did was get in line for the porta potties. Because, of course, this is more porta potties than I've ever seen in one location <laughs> ever before. And so I get in line for a porta potty and I wait. And of course, you make friends with everybody who's in line um, with you and you talk to everybody. And then I was actually told make people make friends with people who are about five people after you so that when you get out, you can get back into line with them and do the porta potty oh, one more no. time. I did not do that. Somebody <laughs> told me to, though. So uh, anyway. kind of a, that's kind of a low down move. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did not do that. Minnesota nice. I can't see that happening. I no. yeah, especially, especially like, yeah, with people with their legs crossed and so many nerves. No. You wouldn't make any friends that way. Mm -hmm. I laughed at it, but I did not do it. So, but when I did walk out of the porta potty, it was kind of funny because there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people there. And the chances that you'll run into someone you know are slim to none. But it turns out there was another mother runner who's from my hometown who was in line for the same porta potty. No way. Yes. And so as soon as I walked out, she screamed at me. I screamed at her and we (laughs) hugged and then hung out for a while um, until we moved to the start line. So that was a very, very fun surprise to find her there. Uh Um, And I I thought, and I was expecting to spend quite a bit of time waiting at Athletes Village. Um, But I felt not really rushed, but like, I I didn't have spare time really to Mm. use the porta potty, strip down from my, um, you know, my outer layers, change my shoes because I did bring an extra pair of shoes that I could just leave because I knew they would be wet. Mm -hmm. Um, And then walk down to with the rest of my wave. And I was I was never sitting and waiting. So I was always moving from one place to another. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, so so what are some race highlights? So you finally get to the starting line. And um, yeah, I mean, talk about what stands out. So the weather at the beginning was perfect. It was overcast. It was cool. There was a little bit of a tailwind. And the beginning, there's just so much energy at the beginning. And so for like for the first four miles, I just seriously kept looking around and feeling like, pinch me, please. Like, I can't believe I'm here. And I probably had this silly grin on my face for most of most of the race. There were some that, well, actually, there was a lot of hard miles, but um, there were, you know, there's so many people along the sides. And um, my charity team had printed my name on my singlet. And of course, I love it when people, you know, call me by name and cheer mm-hmm, me on because mm-hmm, I know sure. then that they're there just for me, right? <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember um, early in the race, I, um, I passed someone. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at what everybody's wearing and what are the signs. And there was this woman who was right in front of me who had this sign on the back of her shirt. And I get a little bit closer and I read it and it says, Bandit baby on board. And so oh, then I passed. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She was pregnant. She was noticeably pregnant. And so, you know, I give her a high five and I tell her she's doing great and she smiles at me and we both keep running. Um, <laughs> and you told her to check out another mother runner, right? Yes. yes. I did. Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually told her she was a badass mother runner. Oh, good. Good, good, um, good. 
And then, so the sun came out at probably about mile five or so. And so it went from perfect conditions to, you know, kind of heat and sunshine and soul sucking humidity for most of the race. And it felt mm. really hard and really hot. And I don't know what the temperature was. I know I, I didn't train in the heat. I'm from Minnesota. Sure. Yeah, it yeah. was like the worst winter ever. So I have not acclimated to those to that sunshine and heat at all yet. And it really sucked a lot out of me. Mm -hmm. um, when I saw my family at mile 16, they, and they knew when they saw me and I'm handing them things and I'm telling them how hot it is. And I kept looking along the sidelines, like, why are you people still wearing sweatshirts? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I, the, the highlight, oh, the screen tunnel at Wellesley was awesome. Yes. Did you, did you kiss one of the Wellesley students? Absolutely. Very good. That's what I told you to do. You are good. <laughs> I told you I'm, I'm a rule follower. If somebody tells me to do nice. something, I'll do it. Nice. And to, cause they carry to people who don't know, and it makes it sound like now we're all part of the me too movement, but they're out there and they're holding signs that say, kiss me if, you know, you know, or I'm a math major you know, yes, um, yes. kiss me. I'm a math major, you know, kiss me. I'm from Hawaii, you know, something like that. So well, um, how did you choose the student to kiss? Well, I chose the one who actually yelled my name. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, now we know how to uh, win points, let's say with Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> because I felt like there was that personal connection. <laughs> and then I was actually looking and I did not see it because there was a link that was sent out um, before the race where you could submit um, what you wanted the Wellesley girls to put on a sign for you. Oh my goodness. Um, so wow. I, I submitted that and I look, but there's so many of them and there's so many signs and yeah. I didn't yeah. get a chance to see them all. So I didn't see my sign. I was sad about that, uh -huh. but so that was great. Um, Heartbreak Hill sucks. It is just a stupid place to put a hill in America. <laughs> Damn those glaciers that carved all those hills right? in Massachusetts. What were they thinking as they scraped across the country? Right. Uh <laughs> right. But after I got to the top of it, so um, I had saved my very special gel for the top mm. of Heartbreak Hill. That was going to be my reward. That was going to get me through the rest. What is your very special gel? <laughs> so, last year, when I trained for a trail ultra, I had splurged and bought this box imported from Canada. Of It's called Endurance Tap, and it's, uh -huh. it's maple syrup, ginger, and sea salt. And I saved one of them. Oh and so that was my treat at the top of Heartbreak Hill that, it, that would get me through the rest of the race. And, so, and it worked. That's so funny that only a runner would be like, and that's my treat. It's not like, I think treat, like, you know, bag of peanut M&Ms, cupcake, like a beer. No, it's like one special gel I had imported. <laughs> right. Well, I also had a grape freezy pop and a Twizzler I took from the most adorable little three-year-old boy, you know, along the side of the course. Too. Okay, good, good. <laughs> and then another highlight was, um, so somewhere, I think this was probably along mile 22 or so, I saw a woman along the side who had a sweatshirt on with the name of my alma mater and I went to this oh. this tiny little liberal arts college in southern Minnesota um, it's called Gustavus Adolphus College and so I see this woman with a Gustavus sweatshirt and I start waving at her and she waves back at me and so I run over there I'm like I went to Gustavus and she says <laughs> I went to Gustavus. And so we had to stop and take a selfie that, of course, I'll send in to the alumni. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> and then, Go ahead. I was going to say, and then it started raining. 
again yeah. at about that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which at first felt really great that it was overcast and just sprinkles. And it was like, whew. Um, and there were a few points before that where we had, you know, people that had hoses that they were spraying. There was one very lovely firefighter who had opened a hydrant mm -hmm. um, on the side of the course, and I hit all of those. Um, but then by the time we were getting close to Fenway and downtown Boston, then the wind picked up again. It was raining harder. Mm. Um, and by the time I turned onto Boylston, it was raining pretty good. Oh, uh, but I had to stop there because as soon as I turned onto Boylston and I could see that shoot and I could see the finish line in the distance, mm -hmm. it was just overwhelming. And I could Aww. hear everybody yelling and the flags and seeing the finish line in the distance and just how iconic that street is. It was just overwhelming. And I had to stop and take a picture of that and it turns out as i got a link from marathon photo with my pictures in there it turns out that i stopped right in front of a photographer who took a picture of me taking my phone oh. out oh that's so take cool. a picture <laughs> yes and it's and it's also funny because you can see the look on my face and you can see oh. how overwhelmed i was yeah um, and it's funny because it's like, I, sh I showed a friend of mine this morning and like, and look, there's the picture of what I felt like. And then I said, I showed her my phone and I said, and here's the picture that I took <laughs> right there. <laughs> uh, you wow. almost need to put the two pictures side by side together in a frame yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Do you see yourself going back to Boston or do you feel like that was such a great day that you're kind of one and uh, done? Like, and then it's such a journey to get there. We should honor that. It journey. is. So. It is. And I, I feel, even though I loved um, the opportunity to run for a charity team. And I probably would have run for charity anyway, um, just because I really enjoy doing that. And it turns out I don't hate fundraising. And I really love, I really love to make a bigger connection and to make this more than about just me. Mm -hmm. um, but I also feel really strongly that if I'm going to run Boston, I'm going to earn my way there. Um, mm -hmm. And that's a whole heck of a lot of work. And they just made it harder. Um, so it took me five years to get there. It took everything I had. Um, I don't know. I've, I've kind of struggled with injury. I'm not getting any younger. Um, I did really soak up the experience. If I don't get back there, I'm, I don't have any regrets. Um, mm -hmm. If I do manage to find the gumption to train at that level again, um, maybe. I mean, I've, I've learned that if I say never, I often end up eating those words. Mm -hmm. Sure. But at this point, I feel, I feel pretty satisfied with it. Good, mm -hmm. good. Well, and, and obviously no pressure from our end. It's just a, kind of a natural question. I mean, I remember yeah. not making this about me, but everyone asked, like, after I finished Ironman, like a day or two after, they're like, oh, are you going to do another one? And you're like, oh my God, I just finished. Like, leave me alone for a little while. <laughs> you know, I mean, just like <laughs> right. soak it up and recover. And, right. I, you know, so, um, so again, no pressure. And it sounds no. like you made the most of it, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, and that was my goal, was to really soak it all in, um, you know, high five all the kids, thank all the volunteers and the, and the officers, you know, take the Freezy Pops and the Twizzlers from, you know, from the, the crowd, um, see as much of Boston as I could, allow myself to be in the moment. I didn't race it. Um, I also wasn't really trained to race it. It was a, it was kind of a train wreck of a training cycle, um, but 
but that's that's okay. I also had to learn to be careful who I listened to kind of over the weekend and on the buses because, you know, there's a lot of really high-level elite athletes and really driven people, um, you know, who are really focused on time. And I, and I had to focus on making this about me and my goal. And I'm not here to race for time. And I do... Um, I do deserve to be here and I did earn my spot and just kind of keep reinforcing those positive things, um, in my mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. De- yeah, definitely. There's, um, it's an intimidating, um, crowd of people to be in. I yeah. Think. Yeah, it yeah. is. It you is. Know, but, you, and, and- but you can find the people who are your people, you know? I mean, I sat on the plane with, on the way there from Minneapolis, I sat on the plane with a couple guys who had their, you know, their red bibs with three digits on them and, you know, and, and we're just chit-chatting. Yeah, th- those were not my people. <laughs> <laughs> I found my people in line to get into the convention center, you know, throughout Boston, on the bus, on the yeah. TV. Um, yeah. So you just have to, you just have to remember to make that experience about you and yeah. what your goals are. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect note to end on. Well, thank you, Kristen. Thank you for sharing your weekend with us and taking pictures on the race. It really was um, just a ton of fun to follow along. So congratulations and thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity to share it. It was super fun. And I got to learn how to do Instagram stories. You know, it was a (laughs) tutorial for my teenager. It's a win-win. Yeah. Very good. Right. Right. (laughs) All right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Our next Boston Marathon finisher is Christy Brown, a mother runner from Rancho Cucamonga, California. Christy qualified for Boston in the second marathon she ran, but she decided to try to better her time because she was worried she didn't have a big enough cushion, kind of running into the problem that our last guest talked about. So we will let Christy tell that story. Thanks for coming on, Christy. I'm so excited to be here. I have been a fan of AMR for years, so I'm thrilled. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, well, you're a dear heart. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you. It comes through, comes through your voice, which is great. Um, so first of all, the first thing you have to know is um, how many kids do you have and how old they are and if you work outside the home. Sure. So I have four kids. Um, I have three boys. They are 15, 12, and 10. And then we got a little girl at the end, and she just turned eight on April 15th. So I was running wow. on her birthday. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Yes, that, yes, that date sounds familiar. Yes, I forgot yeah, that when, right, I was, right. when I was writing and up the notes. I do notes. not work outside the home. I stay home. Um, I, when she started first grade, I started occasionally substitute teaching. So I do that every once in a while just for fun, but mostly stay home. Oh. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, with four kids, yeah. So, all right. So um, take us through your running background up to the part where you uh, qualify for Boston. Sure. Um, so I grew up pretty athletic. You know, I did golf and tennis and I swam and I snow skied and water skied. Um, Dancing was my passion. Like I was Mm. co-captain of my dance team in high school. And then um, at college, I was on a national championship winning team for dance. Um, So that was my passion. And then I had kids. Well, I had a couple kids. And then after my second son, um, I just got hit with depression so hard. And so um, my friend Bobby actually had a, had a baby that was just a couple of months older than mine. And she said, well, just let's go walk around the park. You know, it'll be good for you to get out, get some fresh air, whatever. So we walked around the park and that helped. But I was like, oh, walking is boring. So I started running a little bit. <laughs> but then I had two more kids. So I just kind of 
flirted with running a little bit. And then um, I moved to where I live now about seven years ago. And uh, I met my friend Debbie and she was like, hey, do you run? And I was like, Mm -hmm. no. And she's like, okay, well, come (laughs) run with me. (laughs) So, um, So I started running with her and she just was so excited about it and like I can remember there was this one Saturday and she was like okay we're gonna meet here you know and we had a we had a group of women that we ran with and um so we started running and I was like okay we're not going on the same route that we usually go and I said where are we going today and she's like oh um we're running 12 miles today but (laughs) I didn't tell you because I knew you wouldn't come but I know you can do it so I was like okay so I started you know I started running with her and she we did a couple Ragnars together so um yeah and so she I just I tell her all the time I'm like you literally changed my life because I was not a runner before I met you and now I am so um, awesome. That was how I sort of started getting into running. And then um, my first marathon was St. George. And my brother lives in Utah. So we had kind of talked about it, you know. And so I was talking to him. That was when we had to, you had to put your name in for the lottery. And mm. so we were talking and I said, do you want to do it? And he's like, no, not really. And he said, do you want to do it? And I said, no, not really. And so we were like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so so we both got into the lottery and we ran St. George together and I was like I cannot believe I just did that like I burst into tears and my poor kids were like oh my gosh why is my mom crying um but I was like guys these are happy tears and I'm so proud of myself so um that's how I got into running and that was my first marathon and then oh gosh well training for that marathon Before I started training, I was like, okay, I want to make it to the Boston Marathon. Like, that's big time. You know, that's big time. And so when I started running, I was – or started training for that one, I was like, yeah, maybe that's not going to (laughs) happen. I'm like, let's let's shoot for under four hours. You know, so I modified my goal a little bit. And then, um, you know, halfway through training, I was like, let's let's finish the race. Let's go for – let's finish the race. (laughs) So um, that one I finished in three fifty eight. So that was my. Oh. That so was you my met your, goal. you met your sub four goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. And I I made it by it was like three fifty eight forty. So I'm like okay, I made it by like a minute twenty. That, that was it. So. Well, that, that totally counts. There you go. Right. And then mm-hmm. um, Azusa, I did well. Yeah, it was, it's Canyon City Revel. Um, I did it just because it was right here by my ha- by my home. You know, I slept in my own bed, which was amazing. Uh-huh. And um, that one, I trained a little bit harder. You know, and I actually for all my marathons, I've used the um, Train Like a Mother book plan. So for St. George, I used the finish it plan. And then, you know, it was my first one. I was like, I don't know what I'm getting into here. But then for um, Canyon City, I used the own it plan and I, Uh I raced that one, you know, and I felt amazing. That, that marathon was the one that I felt so good. And, you know, I had a friend that ran it, you know, not together but we were both there and she said I saw uh-huh. you like in the last two miles and you just went flying by and you look so strong and um so that one was really fun and I got to like, almost to the finish line and I saw my family and I was like hey guys and my <laughs> daughter was like mom 
I'm supposed to finish with you. And I was like, oh, okay. So I stopped and I turned around and she took my hand and she crossed the finish line with me, which was awesome. She was so excited, you know, and she had on her little running skirt and her tank top. So that was amazing. Um, So I finished that one. Um, I can't remember my time exactly, but it was like four minutes. And it was four minutes, 39 seconds uh, better than your qualifying there standard. There you go. I'm yep. Staring, I I'm staring at yeah, it. But yeah, but yeah. So it was so, so close. And I kept, and I was thrilled. You know, I was like, I did it. I, I qualified for Boston. More happy tears, more. My, my children thought I was a little mad, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a happy crier. Um, but, you know, I knew how Boston qualifying went and that they did you know they started like the week earlier with 15 minutes above the qualifying time and then 10 minutes and then five minutes Uh and I just thought I would just be heartbroken if I didn't get it you know I want that five minute cushion you Uh know so I was like oh I don't know but 440 is pretty good you know I thought Uh Uh I'm gonna be in I'm, I'm not gonna be in I don't know so I talked to my husband and he's like you're fine. You know, you're fine. You got it. mm -hmm. You're going to be fine. But I just couldn't let it go. Like I thought I want that five minute cushion. I want that. I want to be able to register that day, you know, the five minute Uh, day. So Uh I decided to do Mount Hood and I just did it by myself. I flew into Portland, stayed by myself, got up and ran, flew home the next day and did it that way. I I did that one. So I, I got that qualifier and I thought, okay, that I did that. That was three thirty six. So I knew that yeah. I would be in. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. because then, t- then tell what the, um, that you were truly psychic because indeed the cutoff that, um, for this year was four minutes, 52 seconds and you had a cushion of four thirty nine. So you right. were right. You so I would have been... missed it by 13 seconds. Like how devastating you, is that? You know, I hear people, I, you hear stories all the time of people missing it by mm-hmm. seconds. And I thought I would have been devastated if I missed it by 13 seconds. So also oh, that would have been the ultimate husband, you're wrong scenario. Right. Like. Absolutely. I'm so glad I didn't listen. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, so what was it like um, to be in Boston for marathon weekend to go to that massive expo and see all the Boston marathon signed all over town and just, Oh my God. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like the city just feels electric, you know? And Mm. I thought I, I kind of had managed my expectations because I have a good friend who is a crazy marathoner. Like she, I think her goal is 50 before 50. So she's really close and she's working hard on her sub three marathon. So she's, she's amazing. Mm. So I had talked to her and She's like, honestly, Boston's a little bit overrated. So, oh boy. Right? I had that in my head. And I thought, okay, manage your expectations. But then I got there and I thought, no, like this is everything I dreamed it would be. You know, you see thousands of runners walking around in their marathon in their celebration jackets. 
and there's mm-hmm. signs everywhere. I don't, it's just so exciting. Like I, I randomly, you'll, you'll hear over and over. I am a crier. I would randomly burst into tears. And my husband's like, Oh my gosh, here she goes. <laughs> <laughs> but I just loved it, you know? And I, yeah, I like yeah. walked under the finish line a couple times on Friday and Saturday. I was like, I just want to be here and soak it in. And I can't believe I'm going to be crossing this line. Mm-hmm. So it was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, you know, I lived outside of Boston for, I lived in Boston for a year and outside of it for three, worked right um, behind Copley Place. So I was, you know, right in the thick of things. And I just think it's gotten so much bigger over the past few decades. I was in the mid nineties that I worked there and it didn't, I mean, it certainly on, on Patriots Day on Marathon Monday, it, it took over the city for sure, but it didn't have that um, vitality that you talk about in that, that, I just it's kind of amazing to me and everybody you know like we would get in the uber and the uber driver would be like are you running on Monday you know like everybody knows that it's you're here for that and it just was Mm -hmm. so exciting yeah 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 so so any memorable let's take let's take it to marathon monday morning any memorable encounters on the shuttle bus out there or at athletes village oh my gosh i i okay this i have two tmi stories and i was like this is perfect yes yes on the bus we were we were almost there it took us i was really surprised actually it took us like an hour and 15 minutes to get you know for the bus drive and we were actually on the exit, but we were, you know, like on the freeway. And the the poor girl in the front seat was like, how much longer? And the bus driver oh. was like, I'm so sorry. I can't stop. And she's like, I have to go. Like, I'm getting like the sweats. And, you know, she was miserable. Like, you could see her just squirming. And so finally she was like... I have to go. So somebody took a plastic bag and she just peed in the center aisle of the bus while we were sitting there. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh my you, gosh. Those are mad skills. I got to say. Right? I know. I was, I was pretty impressed. Like I, I thought I would probably have stage fright, but she, she went for it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you, you see everything on Marathon Monday. I have to say, Alex, our producer, is loving this story. His eyes like just opened up. He's <laughs> right? dying Oh, I told my husband, he's like, that's disgusting. I'm like, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I thought, but see, but since you said she was sweating, I thought she was trying to hold in a poop. And I was like, oh my gosh, if she pooped in a bag. Right, I well, that's just... what I thought too. Because I, you know, I think everybody's had that. Like you sweat when you trying to hold a poop but yeah. and I was like oh my gosh this is gonna be a disaster but she just had to pee like so see I'm like her. yeah I'm like yeah I could see you know I mean I'm sure somebody had an empty Gatorade bottle which has a nice wide mouth to it like I just right I, well I and know. everybody like it was pouring rain when we were getting on the buses so everybody had plastic bags over their shoes and you know bags for their cell phones so somebody just <sighs> passed her a bag and she she took care of business. But then I actually, so I got to Athlete Village and I, um, you know, I stood in line for the What did they do with the bag? Wait, wait, wait. Alex Alex and I are both like holding an imaginary bag being like, okay, now what do I do with this? Right? Yeah. So what did she do? I don't, I didn't see for what did she do for the last 15 minutes of the bus ride? Just hold her bag of pee? I don't know. But (laughs) Was it a Ziploc? Like, I could see it. Like, winning a goldfish at the fair. Like, what do you do with that? Right? I just had a nice, had, had a nice, uh, 
a good um, statement that it's nice and warm, at least if it's a chill morning. (laughs) It's like a little hot water bottle. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So so lay the the second TMI uh, story on us. Yes. Okay. So my second TMI story. So I, I, my timing was perfect. Like I could not have been happier with how my timing went because I got off the bus. I just went straight to a porta potty line. I went pee, I, you know, and then by the time I was done, they were calling wave three. So go to the Uh corral. So, you know, I started to go and, um, so I, you know, took a water bottle and I'm sure it was just nerves by the time I actually got to my corral, but I was standing in my corral and I was like, I really have to pee right now. Uh I'm like, uh I, you know, like there's nowhere to pee. Like you're in the corral, you're, everybody's just standing there. And I'm like, I don't want to just run having to go. And it probably would go away, but whatever. I'm like, what would Sarah do? Sarah would <laughs> pop a squat and she would go right here. So that is what I did. I just moved over to the very edge of the crowd and I just knelt down like I was saying a prayer and I just let it go. So, I, like, lo- so I love you, so Christy. Proud of me. <laughs> I love you so very much right now. <laughs> My mom is going to be horrified. I'm so sorry, mom. But... <laughs> Did anybody say anything? No, nobody said anything. And the the terrible thing was I did. I had a little bit of stage fright. So it took me a minute to kind of start going. And so people were starting to move, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, somebody's going to say something. (laughs) Nobody said anything. Like people were walking by. I think they just thought I was having a moment. Yeah. Well, and also the the ground was wet since it had the been ground raining. Was stopping wet, yeah. Everybody, yeah, you know, like yeah, it, it had yeah. been pouring, so it yeah. wasn't raining anymore. But yes, the ground was wet, so you there wasn't I, a giant puddle. <laughs> I love. And, I love. Know, to be fair, it was mostly water that was coming out again. You know, Exa- I was exactly. It's mostly well exactly mostly water. I love that you pretend you're saying a prayer because my thing is to pretend I'm tying my shoe. There so you go. <laughs> I just, I'm just in love with this scenario. Hold on, we got a message. Kristen, who's uh, oh my gosh, Zoom, she says that was her friend from her hometown who peed in the bag. Oh, no. oh my gosh, so <laughs> it all comes together. Everybody's friends in Boston. Now oh the crazy thing is, what if that wasn't what if that wasn't Kristen's friend? It was just another person who peed in a bag. There you go. Right, there could have been more than one bus peer. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Well, those are fantastic stories. Thank you. For, I'm very honored that you thought of me when you did it. I Christy, did. I so thought, what you. would Sarah do? And I thought she yeah. would just go. She would just go right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, uh, so what was your, what was your race plan? Let's get into the race, you know? Sure. Um, um so I don't know. I, I struggled with that because honestly, I am a super competitive person and I always want to be better than I have been, you know? So I thought, I know that I can, because my goal in Mount Hood, honestly, was a 330 and wow. and I ran 336. So I thought, okay, I'm close. You know, I can do 330. I, I think my fitness is there. But then at the same time, I thought, I don't want to race this one. You know, I want to feel good and I want to enjoy it. But I, that competitive part of me just kept going back and forth. So honestly, I didn't know, you know, I thought going mm-hmm. in to, um, going into the race, I didn't have a firm plan, but so anyway, I started, you know, and I thought, okay, I know I can do eight twenties. That's where I wanted to be is eight twenties wow. for the first part, you know, and I thought, okay, I can do eight twenties. And honestly, 
this race was the one that I looked at my watch the least. Like I, it was so great because you start with people who are around your same, um, fitness, you know, fitness level and, Mm -hmm. and speed Mm -hmm. and all of that. So you just kind of run as a group. So I was clicking along and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing eight twenties, you know? And then, um, and I did, I did eight twenties all the way till like 15 maybe. And that was kind of my plan. I thought, okay, I know this race is tough. Um, the hills don't start till 15, you know, I know it's going to be tough then, but then my race plan honestly was from 20 to 26 to, to step on the gas. You know, I thought I Mm. can finish really strong. So, um, I started out pretty conservative and I did until mile, I'm looking at my splits. I wrote them down. So mile 17, well, let's go back. Mile 15, I did 843. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's a little bit slower than you wanted. That's fine. But don't you dare go above a nine, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> right, which is so silly. But then for no, mile 17. We, we all get it. We all get it. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. No, no, no. No, I, yeah. So mile 17, I did a 927. And I was like, that, I'm okay with that. You know, like Mm, I'm enjoying mm. myself. Like I kept taking out my phone and I would take pictures. I'm so, I'm devastated because none of my videos worked. I took like videos of the girls from Wellesley and I took videos of the crowd support and none of my videos worked. I don't know what I was doing wrong. So I'm so sad about that. But so when I hit that 927, I was like, you know what? I'm okay with that. And I was like, Mm. enjoy yourself. You know, I thought I worked dang hard and I raced Mount Hood so hard Mm -hmm. and I paid for it. You know, the days after that, I was like, oh, I didn't know that the tops of your feet could be sore, but the tops (laughs) of my feet were sore. (laughs) So I just wanted to enjoy it, you know, so I let go of that. And my husband met me um, after mile 19 and that was so great. Like I stopped and I hugged and I kissed him and I was like, I want to take a picture. So Aww. like that mile was an 11 minute mile. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care. Like, it's fine. Mm. You're loving this. And you know, for a minute I did, I I'll be honest. I had to talk to myself and be like, this is your victory lap. It's okay that you're going slower than you anticipated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I really had to mm-hmm. give myself that talk, but then I was, I was totally fine with it. So, um, mm-hmm. and then I'm so sad too. My, I, I had signed up on Strava for the last mile challenge. And it said, mm-hmm. if you do your last mile, the fastest of all the miles, then they would do give a $10 donation to girls on the run, which I loved. I thought, Oh, I love that. Wow. I'm going to push really hard. So <laughs> mile 25 is like a 10 minute mile. I'm like, okay, hey, I know I have to go slow cause I'm going to prepare for this fast mile. <laughs> And then I was four seconds short. I'm so sad. Oh, oh <laughs> you liked okay. it. You li- I was really pleased with my, you know, with my last mile. And honestly, when you go underneath that, I don't remember what street it is, but you go underneath the little tunnel. I can yes, remember watching yeah. the marathon on TV. And I'm like, I know where this is. Like, this is close to the finish line. You're almost there. And then yep. I saw the ride on Hereford, left Hereford, on Boylston, left on- and mm-hmm. I I was just like, I cannot believe that I am here, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. such an amazing feeling, and the crowd is incredible. Mm. 
Isn't it amazing? It's just... Honestly. And like at mile, let me think, probably mile 15, I pulled over to the side and I was kind of walking through the water station, taking my gel and my water. And this man like leaned over and until I made eye contact with him. And he's like, you can do this. You trained hard (laughs) for this and you can do this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love you. Like, I'm not struggling right now, but I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'll take, I'll put it in my pocket just in case later I need it. Right? Absolutely. So, you know, just that run down Boylston with the people, like, honestly, like 10 people deep on both sides the entire way down. And the noise, oh my gosh, I just loved it. Like right before, and I heard the announcer say Christy Brown. And like, I was like, this is amazing. Like I just screamed. (laughs) I was so happy to be there. And then I burst into tears after the finish line. I was like, I can't believe I just did this. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. It was so much fun. And, you know, there was a man there there after the finish line, and he, he could see I was super emotional. And he came over, and he put his arm around me, and he's like, you just ran the Boston Marathon. Isn't that so cool? And I was like, it's so cool. I love that. So oh, it was, I mean, it was still such an incredible high, experience. Yeah, I know. Well, so do you want to go back and do it again? We got to ask. Right? I don't know. Because I kept thinking, like, I told myself, you know, and I told my husband it was so dang expensive. I'm like, this is a once yes. in a lifetime experience for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this has been my dream. And I'm, I'm going to fulfill my dream. Um, yeah. So I don't know. And the, well, yeah. I thought, yeah. marathons suck, to be honest. <laughs> They're really, really hard. <laughs> Yeah, right? yeah. I like the half marathon. Like I feel good at 13, you know, I'm like, Oh, I feel amazing right now. Like I can do this. And then 19 and 20 come and you're like, Oh, the stinks. Like, can I be done? <laughs> well, and it definitely needs to be said. I mean, the amount of work that, I mean, that is one of the things that I will honestly admit that what, even when I was running strong, the last thing that I wanted to do was train so hard to get into Boston. Because right. that just, for me, that sucks the joy out of everything. And I just knew that I just am not, I do not have the DNA to try yes. that hard. Try that hard. Right. And, and I, this, I will be honest too, this training does. cycle was a different training cycle than I did for Mount Hood because I knew Mount Hood was my shot. You know, I was like, this yeah. is where I'm getting into Boston. So I trained my little heart off there then you know but for mm-hmm. this one for Boston I thought I know I'm not really trying to BQ again you know I'm not I don't really want to race it I kind of do but I you know my heart wasn't totally in it so it was a different <laughs> training cycle for sure yeah yeah well congratulations wow. I mean honestly your enthusiasm I mean you know it doesn't make me want to go train for Boston <laughs> even if I could but, <laughs> right but I, love, I love how genuinely just excited you still are about it and that just oh my gosh right my husband it's so funny because this morning I I I am not a morning person so my husband is almost always awake before I am so this morning I was laying in bed and he woke up and he's like what are you doing why are you awake and I'm like I'm just thinking about my race and he's like no (laughs) I'm like babe this was like the race of my life like I will be thinking about this race for I don't even know how long so yes it's only two days past I am still thinking about my race (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's that's awesome 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 so thanks so much for sharing with us Chrissy this was a lot of fun talking with you oh my gosh I loved it so thank you so much thank you keep thinking about that race (laughs) thank you 
Well, and I'm going to let Dimity introduce our third guest as she knows him a bit better than I do. Dimity? Um, I'm excited to introduce my husband of almost 19 years, Mr. Grant Scott Davis, uh, <laughs> who is a father runner and mo- uh, mom, <laughs> so used to say the word mom, uh, dad to two kids and one cute chocolate Weimaraner mix named Mason. Lives here, like he lives with me here in Denver most days. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes I welcome live here in Denver. Yes, well, welcome to the show, Grant. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Or as I'm more commonly known as, just oh, you're Dimity's husband. <laughs> yes, yes, Mr. Dimity. Yes. Okay, so so Mr. Dimity, remind folks how old your two kiddos are, and uh, tell folks what you do for work. Uh, so Amelia, our oldest, is 15, going on 16, and Ben youngest boy is what he's going to be 13 next week yes two teenagers almost in the house (laughs) (laughs) and all the joy that brings with it (laughs) yes yes and and your job tell folks uh freelance editor and writer Mm -hmm. um much like dimity so Mm -hmm. that's where we that's where and how we connect Mm-hmm. That and endurance sports, editing and endurance sports. We like to keep things alliterative. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Dimity got me into running. So, I can give her all the credit for that. I did. I, don't even I did not know that. that. I didn't either. Yeah. So back to um, Amelia was born 2003. And then, like that spring, 2004, Dimity's like, we should train for the Twin Cities Marathon. You've never done a marathon. I want to get my body back, so to speak, and we can do it together. And I said, great. I've never run anything in my life. I hate running, but uh, I'll do it because I love you. (laughs) And then, then, uh, gosh, about two or three months into it, um, Dimity had bunion surgery that went really wrong, and she stopped running, but I just kept going. And we ended up, I did Twin Cities Marathon, and Sarah, Dimity's little sister, did it as well. And my friend Dan, too. And Dan, yeah. that's right. It was kind of a big celebratory weekend. Um, and I just, I did Hal Higdon's beginner marathon plan. And, you know, every long run of the training plan was the longest run I'd ever done in my life. And then uh, it was really long. The race was really long and painful. And when I crossed <laughs> the finish line, I never felt more satisfied with pretty much anything I've done in my life up to then. And I got hooked running ever since. That is, that is such a fantastic story. I love that. And and Dim, I also love how you rope people into like, after after Amelia, you rope Grant into it. After Ben, you rope me into it. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't, and then I don't do it myself. That's, that's the whole thing, right? Oh, you're really capable. Oh, I'm hurt. But Hey, I'll come cheer you on. Right. And you have your sister, Sarah, wrapped into all of these as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, I totally remember that now. It was a very fun weekend. I remember chasing Amelia or we, we, Amelia and I met you at one spot with the stroller and then my mom took her home and, and then I met you guys at other spots. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was, it was a fantastic day. So oh, yeah, that got me hooked. Um, and I would say. When did you, when did you want to start to qualify for Boston? Yeah. So that was, it was 2012. Um running the LA marathon and I ran a, a 336 and mm-hmm. at that time I think I qualifying time was three I think it was th- still 330 at that time and I was like okay 
I could do this. I can get to Boston. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's just gradually getting faster. And then, then I did, um, well, not gradually. The next year I did qualify, ran a qualifying time in 2013 um, at the Colorado Marathon in Fort Collins. But that, uh-huh. you know, that was the same year as the bombing. Um, and, you know, rightly so, everyone who wanted to get into Boston the next year ran really, really fast. <laughs> and, uh, I think I missed, I missed the cutoff by around 40 seconds. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but I knew I was there. I just, you know, had to add a couple more minutes. Um, try to got a coach in 2014 and was running incredibly fast. Uh, then I got injured mm. about five weeks before, I was going to run the Colorado marathon again. Oh no. And just, just didn't, didn't, up, didn't, uh, end up running it at all. Um, came back the, the next year in 2015, I actually ran the Napa marathon. Um, God, I don't remember any of <laughs> ran the Napa marathon in March. I mean, I beautiful, remember being beautiful, injured. beautiful yes. marathon, yes. Uh-huh. Um, but it got hot in the last hour and go way off the pace. Um, then ran grandma's that same year. Oh, I, I do and remember I, grandma's. And I got a coach um, and had a, usually I, I've had a lot of success with the uh, run less, run faster plans. Mm. So it's kind of the, the fewer miles I can do, even if those miles are incredibly hard, um, the better. But I ran grandma's with a sort of a traditional marathon plan, which a lot, a lot of mileage. And uh, I think I came 20 seconds short of the qualifying time. That's where I learned that the stopwatch on my, my Garmin was not accurate. (laughs) Oh boy. I thought I would, I thought I got the qualifying time by 20 seconds. Um, But I, had a really good day like all that mileage that I put in um it's the first time I crossed the finish line in a marathon just feeling good um didn't go as fast as I wanted to but I I had a good day uh-huh and, good day uh, yeah and then let's oh, and then this year you hit then, I mean is yeah that, is that was that your next race well yes yeah yes. let's talk about this year you had a great great race when I was in flying pig, you just nailed it. Nailed it at the Colorado marathon, um, last year. And it was just, it was the perfect training cycle. I did absolutely every, uh, exercise and, and workout that I was supposed to. I nailed all my training paces, uh, and I had a perfect day. The weather was perfect. Um, and you turned 50, which was helpful. Are you about and, to turn 50? And, and yes, and I got an extra five minutes because I got to qualify as a 50-year-old. Um, so I qualified by seven minutes, and that was in. And it was that was a great, great day. Yeah. But I just have to pause here. I mean, I put this in the post when I wrote about him, but this is the thing that I really bow to with people who have Boston on their mind for a very long time is that it doesn't stop like that soft focus is still on in his brain. I mean, I knew it was on in his brain and I imagine, you know, he is wired like a lot of other people who have Boston on their mind and to, to qualify, to spend five years thinking about one thing and keep working towards it, obviously with deviations and injuries and life and all that stuff in the way I just, that is really um, a huge, huge 
uh, achievement, right? And mark of respect from me, because again, like I think I wrote, like I just do not have that kind of attention span. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why I prefer writing magazine articles over books is because just they're, they're done, right? One race is done and then you have to keep pushing and pushing. So um, mad respect to you, Lollies. Uh, Lollies is my nickname for him, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> but also just to Kristen and to Christy, I mean, that's just, it's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome. So, so then we did hear Grant about some of your training that you, um, uh, you know, were very, very focused on it, obviously, but also kind of your, your emotions, you know, um, rode a little bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> so goes the long run. So goes the house move. Kind of how it goes. I mean, it was funny when, when Kristen was talking about her husband and I know how he kind of tolerates the running and, I mean, I obviously understand it from a, a pretty deep level, but it's still hard sometimes when you're along for the ride and, and you're not quite as invested as the person who's doing it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so talk to us about your training. It was for a this challenging fossil. winter to, to run through, let's put it mm-hmm. this way. I think a lot, of, a lot of people and women across the country can relate to um, just how difficult it was this winter with the weather and the cold. Um, and uh, this was probably the first time training for a marathon that uh, I wasn't seeing steady progress. It was oh, huh. coming in fits and starts. Um, it was just a very odd experience for me, um, which was adding to my mood swings. <laughs> Sorry. Drama. All the Sorry drama. about that. <laughs> just say did that you, now. Did you do uh, run less, run faster, or did you tr- do a different plan? I did. I did. Um, just because I had success with it in the qualifying race and, um, and I knew what was, I was in for and, uh, I could adjust accordingly, but I mean, this, this, I got sick a couple of times. I got injured mm. like a nagging calf injury at the beginning. Um, so I, I kind of lost a month and I was sort of recalculating, my uh training times and then my goal times and uh it would just got all messed up but i i did you know i did my long runs i did a 22 and a half miler so i knew i could Mm. run it and i knew i could finish it it was just a matter of how my day was going to go so then you you go out there, you know, um, your family did not go with you. So what was it like to finally be out there in Boston for marathon weekend? And, um, you know, I mean, you're uh, a fairly low key guy, but I mean, did you have to pinch, <laughs> did, did you have to pinch yourself a few times to be like, this is it. I'm here. I'm doing it. Um, I, it was incredible. Like it, it sort of starts when you're getting on your flight to Boston and like, why is this flight full of really fit people <laughs> you know, beyond yeah. the, beyond the couple dozen who are wearing their, you know, celebration jackets from sure. marathons past. And like that jacket thing is a thing, isn't it? Yes. Let's sit exactly sidebar because, um, so I, right I haven't now- taken my jacket off for two days. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to him at the expo. He went and bought the jacket. And, um, um, and, uh, and then last night I came home from bringing Ben to a haircut and came home and he was sitting at the dinner table, has the jacket on right now. He's sitting across from me. He's got his jacket. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I'm hoping that you're not going to sleep in a nylon jacket tonight, but it's entirely possible. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So we should tell people there, those are those nylon zip up jackets, uh, you know, don't have a hood and they have their by Adidas. So they have the three stripe down the arm and they change the 
colors oftentimes from year to year. It's a good color this year, Sarah. You're going to be jealous. Oh. It's a lovely kind of blue turquoise with a with a kind of a, a lime green. It's not fluorescent. It's just this light, mm. lovely green. Um, yeah. Kristen's yeah. still wearing her jacket. She did wash it last night after wearing it for days straight last weekend. Oh my gosh. Uh, so she got wow. a jacket. I don't know if Christy got a jacket too. We'll have to hear. But um, yeah, and Sarah, yeah. yours was... Uh... Oh, mine was orange with black stripes. It is so Halloween. And so, you know, and I don't... It's not... If it was a good color, maybe I'd wear it. But I'm also not a nylon jacket wearing person. But so every like halfway through October and I'll be getting ready to go to a kid's soccer game. I'm like, oh, right, 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 right. I should wear my Boston jacket because it's October and I can do that. And... You know, maybe this time, oh, it's just. Yeah. I think they got the message, Sarah. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and I, then also they do a men's color and a women's color and they're similar. But then the second year I did, first of all, the jackets cost a lot of money. They're like 110, 130 bucks. Yeah, yeah. it hasn't and gone up. It was 110. 100, 110. Okay, yeah. And they're not waterproof. So, you know, they're nylon. And so, but the year I did it, the it was the second year I did it, they were blue. But the, um, Things up at the sleeves or the shoulders, not they're kind of like epaulets, but not quite. And then look like band aids on the women's jacket. Mm-hmm. And um, I just couldn't bring myself to buy it that year. So <laughs> well, uh, I should mention that the more than I should mention a piece yeah. of apparel. I think. Yeah, I should mention the first year I did it. Um, I was there. Um, I had qualified, but I was brought as a journalist by Adidas, so they gave me the jacket. So I did not. So um, you never bought a jacket, basically. I did not buy a jacket. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, that was a side story. Yes. So all right. So <laughs> did anybody pee on the bus to your athletes' village? No, no. no. I so I was in wave two, and I uh-huh. got on the. Um, I was on like the first wave of buses for wave two, and so it was as both Kristen and Christy have already said, it was just dumping, pouring rain. Um, And the bus ride out, at least my bus was pretty grim. Like people were just kind of looking out. Well, they couldn't see out the windows. It was foggy and it was just cold and wet and uh, pretty quiet. Um, I I don't know whether that's just because this is like the tail end of wave one, which is all the hardcore runners. Like they were just getting their game face on or everyone else was as freaked out as I was. Um, and the bus ride just goes on and on and on. Yeah. Like, you, you know, the, the point, the, the point to point marathons, it's like, you just, you, until you riding out to the start line, you forget just how amazingly far 26.2 miles is. And yeah. Yeah. You know, and also the bus ride has to be longer. Cause obviously they're not driving right, on the course, right. but, but yeah, it is. It's like, really, we're not there. We're still not there yet. Really? <laughs> yeah. Still not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I have no idea where, where I am, um, get off, get into the athletes village. Uh, fortunately the porta potty lines were just five people deep. So mm-hmm. I okay. got that out of the way pretty quickly. And, and the range literally stopped as soon as I got off the bus. Nice. Um, you so have that power grant. Uh-huh. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Um, and, uh, and it just matter of waiting it out. And like, so I got there and then wave one, they got ready to go out and it was kind of interesting to just sort of watch all those hardcore fast runners and their little rituals and uh-huh. um, just a weird quirky thing. Like the, I'd say at least half the people, the guys, mostly the men were putting on brand new shoes. I've uh-huh. never seen that before. Uh-huh. 
just, you know, leaving their old shoes right there. And, and it's just a matter of staying warm. I, I like had a turn my, brought a trash, trash bag, turned it into a skirt, had that around my leg, <laughs> had a poncho, the hotel I was staying at handed out ponchos on the way out the door. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. And uh, I was just trying to stay warm um, and wait till the start. And, and the, one of the, well, getting to the corral, one of the cool things I felt, there's this vibe that I felt was that, you know, everyone had done the hard work already. And mm-hmm. so just standing around the corral, everyone's mood was just, well, they were just into it. They were just so glad to be there and smiling and high-fiving each other. And it was very unlike any other start line that I've been in. This is my 10th marathon uh, where you just have that, that mix of people who like me are trying to qualify for Boston or it's their first marathon and they're terrified. Um, this cor- this corral vibe was just, it was a big party. It was a very, <laughs> very great vibe. And, mm-hmm. and that was sort of the first indication for me that this was going to be unlike any marathon or running race that I've, I've ever done. So mm-hmm. what was your race plan? My race plan? Uh, I did have a plan. I was going to try to run about a 335. Everything went well, 332. So keeping it under 807 splits, um, which was very easy to do for the first half of it. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's, you know, the rain had stopped, but it was still cloudy. The, the wind wasn't bad because, you know, you're in the middle of the woods. There's no mm-hmm. wind coming down the, the street. Um, and yeah, I just, I ran the first half and I was, I was like a minute off what I wanted, but I didn't really, I wasn't really worried about it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get past Wellesley and that is, that's worth the price of admission as well. Just mm-hmm. the Wellesley girls just shouting and just so uninhibited um, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. their, just their feeling and their, I, again, something I've never seen before. Um, I'll always okay, so- remember that. Oh, that's awesome. So, and two things, gotta say, uh, everyone calls them the Wellesley girls. So Grant is not being um, sexist by saying that. Um, and and I think they themselves would call themselves that when they're standing out there. And then Grant, so did you uh, kiss one of the Wellesley girls? Uh, no, no, I figured I was just really gross and disgusting and wouldn't bother them. But I enjoyed <laughs> the signs. The best sign I saw was kiss me because my Asian parents are in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and then, okay. so, you know, get to the town of Wellesley and then all of a sudden the sun comes out and there's no wind and it gets really hot and muggy. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, from my training, I was prepared for snow. I was prepared for gale force winds. I was prepared for rain. I was not prepared for sun and heat um, mm-hmm. and humidity and, uh, you know, so I started to slow and I was like, okay, it's hot. I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to slow down and, and, um, try to just take it easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get, you know, the hills start at mile 16 and it, it just feels really uncomfortable by now. And there are men and women running past me who look like they've stepped out of a sauna already, mm. like, you know, just after 10 minutes in the sun. Um, so then I started walking through the, the water breaks. Um, 
you said you saw um, one of the things you told me what I thought was interesting was the spectators were in like their cargo shorts right. and t-shirts yeah, it's, and you're it's like not a good sign when you see a Boston bro in flip-flops cargo shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> while you're trying to run a marathon that's that's never a good weather sign <laughs> the Boston bros <laughs> uh, and so yeah then it, it was like okay it's it's what it is. It is what it is. I think Christy, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like I ran, had the same experience as Christy, just like, all right, this is where it's at. And I'm just going to enjoy the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of walking and that was fine. And you had a good popsicle. Right? Yeah. I had a, yeah. Mile 23, this one was handing out popsicles and I ran past and it's like, you know, what the heck? So I turned around <laughs> and grabbed a popsicle and then walked down the hill, uh, sucking on that and cooling down and then kept going on. Um, uh-huh. And then probably the best sign for me was, uh, I forget where it is, but you, you suddenly pop around a corner and there's the big sit go yes. sign over downtown. Uh-huh. And you're like, Oh, that's when I, that's when I knew I'd made it. And mm-hmm. uh, so I just adopted a shuffle and shuffled my way all, all the way to the finish. <laughs> I think I was finishing like 11 minute miles. Uh, it, so let me again sidebar I get to interrupt because he's my husband um so you know I had signed up just for the text alerts to get it and I knew again like so goes the long run so goes the mood and I was like oh geez you know because I just see it going from like 806 to 808 to 830s and I'm like well maybe it's just for that segment maybe it was just an 830 segment and I'm like no it's the whole race you know and so I think you finished in what 350s 356, I think. 356, yeah. So I just saw that, and I was in the middle of the AMR Answers podcast there that we were listening, and I should have just flipped my phone away and put it away, but I didn't, and I saw that in my mood, you know, obviously because I love him so dearly, and I want the best for him, and I just was like, oh, gosh, now we've got to manage this situation. And um, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to – we finished the AMR Answers podcast. Like, I'm just going to go take a walk. I'll try to call him, you know, and see where he is because Mason, our dog, needed a walk. And so I went out, tried to call him once, didn't get anything, texted him, hi, hi, love you, how are you? <laughs> yeah, so my phone was locked in – my hotel room the whole time. Well, exactly. And so that's a big difference between the males and the females running. So, I mean, yeah, not having your cell phone. I mean, was that a conscious choice because it was raining or because it was, um, cause you didn't I want am. it. It's just who you are. I know that. <laughs> I just had to have that explained. Um, oh. So then, yeah, so then I got him on the phone finally because he, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's not going to pick up the second time I call. This is going to be bad. <laughs> it turns out he was unlocking his phone from the safe. And, um, and the minute I heard his voice, like in the, in the, the joy in it and the, the energy, I was like, oh, phew. And we talked it all through and I was like, okay, save it for the podcast, save it for the podcast. But um, it was just so great because yeah, like, like everybody else that we've had on the podcast, it was just so fun to hear how much energy you said walking around the city. I mean, everyone yeah. in their jackets and everybody just, just, just so enthusiastic and appreciative to be there. And that's just, I mean, that was the biggest takeaway for me. And it, I, like Dimini said, it, it started in the corral, just understanding that this is Boston is a celebratory run. Like, like mm-hmm. you don't have to crush it. You don't have to nail it. You don't have to worry about how you, I mean, you want to finish it obviously, but I mean, it's a celebration of you as a runner, um, the journey to get you there. And for me, at least, it was really the first time I got to enjoy the last, gosh, well, every marathon, it's been satisfying, but to actually enjoy the whole experience, 
um, in 15 years, I guess. Mm. Um, it was really special for me. And, you know, the weekend, the weather was phenomenal, um, just phenomenal. Saturday and Sunday were beautiful days. The whole city was turned out. You know, the Bruins and the Celtics are in the playoffs. The Red Sox are playing day games. Um, you just, everyone's got their jackets on, just roaming around the city. And everyone in the city is just so appreciative and supportive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I haven't run marathons in Chicago or London or anything, but I've never been to a city where the whole place is excited by it. And I had dinner with a cousin of mine who I'd never met on Sunday night. And I was like, what is this all about? And he's like, so he said, and maybe Sarah, you can back this up, but it's like marathon weekend is the end of winter. And mm. oh, yeah. one of the happiest days in Boston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the end of winter. And yeah. uh, I believe it. I believe it. And, you know, I'd always heard that Boston was a special place. And until I experienced it for myself, I, I, it was way more impressive than I could have imagined. And I, I feel fully justified in saying that anyone who wants to get to Boston, you'll, you're worthy of asking for all and any support you can to get you there because it'll be worth it. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome, Grant. Um, so, um, the last but, marathon. Yeah, I know. Dimity, Dimity. I'm telling you, Sarah, jump to that question, please, because we need to put that on, on record, please. Yeah. I know. So D- Dimity tells us, told me that it's your going to be your last marathon, and then that the Twin Cities 10 miler will be your last running race. Like, what what is up with that, Grant? Um, I when I was qualified for Boston, I could feel my my knees were were not hurting, but they were feeling worn, oh. and. Uh, even more conscious of that with the uh, training for Boston. No, it's, I think 15 years is a nice marathon. It is. That's a nice, yeah. We, we, another thing that we share in common is the mentality, leave while the party's still fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think that's an awesome way. And I, of course, if you wanted to keep marathoning, I would um, support that. But, um, but you have so many, I mean, you want to keep, you want to start rolling again. You want to ride your bike more. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, like all of a sudden going to, you know, put his feet up on the couch. Like that's the thing about Grant and, and kind of what I didn't say with a five-year plan is that you're so good at plotting out what you want to do and slowly, gradually, methodically working towards it. And I mean, I mean, tell people what you want. You've got, you've got plans. You've got athletic plans. Tell us what yes, they I've are. Got, got plans. <laughs> I like to go back to Boston, but to do the head of the Charles. Um, nice. And, uh, you know, I want to take up skate skiing. I'd like to get into backpacking and it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, as Kristen's, was she's commenting about how she got into running because of her mother and just mother's health. And I'm just the same way. Both my parents passed away while I was very young and, and my father did nothing and made jokes about how he used to subcontract out his exercise mm. um, to the highest bidder. And, you know, he, he passed away at 59. And mm. so part of getting to Boston was um, getting to age 50 and, and knowing that I could a do it and knowing that I'm was not going to be like my father, uh, but also laying the foundation to keep going into my eighties. So, Hmm. That's, that's the long game. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Grant, for sharing. And, and Dim, thanks for, um, you know, getting him on here and, and being as, as candid as he was. It was really lovely to hear the two of you talk about it. And thanks for sharing, Grant. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Wow. They really, really brought um, the Boston Marathon to life. So if all this talk of the of Boston Marathon has your mind turned toward Massachusetts, please join us in Cape Cod this fall for the AMR Run Plus Refresh Retreat. It's October 24 to 27 in beautiful Falmouth. I can't emphasize that enough. It is so gorgeous. Our host hotel is an inn that is a literal stone's throw from the town's charming Main Street, complete with an incredibly tasty French bakery. The four-day, three-night extended weekend gathering includes sessions with guest speakers, great meals, group runs, yoga, and karaoke. We'll take part in the Cape Cod Half Marathon on the Saturday of the retreat. And we'll make uh, some really good signs. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they, that's that's what we bring from Boston is really good signs. So mm-hmm. start mm-hmm. thinking now, Sarah. That's your job. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Like All right. Signs for Cape Cod. <laughs> Our retreats are truly life-changing experiences from what you learn to the friendships you make. So we hope you can join us. To read more about it and register, go to motherrunnerstore.com and click on retreats in the top navigation. I'm excited. That's new top navigation for us. Again, uh, you can go to motherrunnerstore.com, click on retreats, or go to anothermotherrunner.com and click on events. We hope to hang out with you in Cape Cod this fall. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. In Boston or anywhere you're running. <laughs>